Hey everyone, I had a ball recording this episode with my friend Amy because I'm a huge Mumford & Sons fan. I was minorly intrigued with their Sigh No More album, completely obsessed with their Babel album, and have lightly stalked lead singer Marcus Mumford for the better half of a decade. It's not weird. Everyone calm down. I do the same thing with our host Chris Harrison and Chris Pine. It's what I call being a true fan. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 137 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am here with my musical guest friend, Amy. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> She's my friend who has a musical background, and so whenever I go to concerts, I like to stand by her because she says things like, they sound good, they can play that guitar, they are so great, and I know you know what you're talking about. I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Tell people what your major is. I was a music major, oboe mm -hmm. performance. Oboe performance. Where'd you go to school? I went to Rice University, Smart. and I sold the oboe within a month of graduation. No. <laughs> I was sick of it. <laughs> Still play piano, though. Oh, my gosh. When I think of the word oboe, I think of Peter and the Wolf. Yes. We learned that in music something. Yeah. I forget which animal it was, uh, though. The duck, maybe? The, the duck. Sometimes is there a people... duck in Peter and the Wolf? Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. yes. I think that it also, the snake charmer sound is kind oh, of oboe-ish, mm -hmm. maybe a little more nasally, but. Okay. Well, we are talking about Mumford and Sons today. That's Mumford with an M, not an N, Mumford and Sons. They are a British folk rock, I guess, together band. The boys are from London and they started out just playing gigs there in 2007. There are four guys, Marcus Mumford, he's the one who the band is named after, and then um, he's your lead vocalist, he does acoustic guitar, he he's drums, the pedal drum, which I find highly attractive. Um, <laughs> ben Lovett, he's vocals too, keyboard, piano guy. Um, Winston Marshall, he's the one who is vocal, well they all say, they all they sing, do. so I shouldn't even say that. He's the guitar guy, but also our banjo friend and then Ted Dwayne and that's the best name ever sounds like he's from East Texas um, <laughs> he plays the bass guitar and the double bass and they sound so great together as a quartet am I, am I right I think their harmonies are really tight and practiced and you can just tell that they sing together all the time yeah and they seem to enjoy it they do too they seem to enjoy it they have uh, four albums out. Uh, Sign No More was in 2009 is when that first came out. So they, it took them a while to get under their feet. Then we have Babel, which is 2012. Wilder Mind is 2015. And Delta is 2018. They also have a few little live albums here or there or knockoffs where they've been with other people. And one of my favorites is The Road to Red Rocks. 
It's a live album, 2012. That would probably be my go-to if I had to go to any of them. Isn't that weird? But when did you first discover Mumford & Sons, and do you remember loving it, hating it, just being curious? What happened? I think it was whenever I was playing in a band, and we played a song called Awake My Soul, and I thought I had heard another song called Awake My Soul, so I started Googling it, and I came across Mumford and & Sons. And then you know how it is when you're on YouTube or whatever, just one song leads to another to another, and I was hooked. I think it's the groove. They always get, at least in those days, which is probably the Sino More days, Yeah. they just get in a good groove, and you just want to sit there and you know mm-hmm. bob your head and <laughs> wish you could play the banjo. <laughs> banjo is hard, true or false? Well, odd story, but my brother decided to learn the banjo, <laughs> and he went out every day on his lunch break and sat in his car and taught himself oh the banjo. So, but he's, he's pretty good at that sort of thing. Yeah. I do think it's probably hard. I've never tried. I'm it's not hard. a string instrument person. It's hard to pick because you're picking finger, With multiple fingers. Multiple fingers, gee whiz. It's just so fun, though. That would yes. make up for how hard it is. Yes. The first time I remember hearing the band name Mumford and Son was our friend Nancy Jane she is that person who when you go to her house music is always playing it's just like the lights are on the music is playing the water you know water comes out of the faucet it's it's part of her life and I remember she gave me a mixtape or a well it's a cd but something and Probably Awake My Soul was on there but also Little Lion Man was on there I think both of them And I don't remember loving them immediately, but I remember doing sort of what you do, not to the extent, but I did go to the internet. I did go to YouTube and think, what are these guys about? Babel hadn't come out yet, but pretty soon it did. And they had figured out by that time they were going to be on the Grammys. They were going to, we had a lot of promotion going. So I kept seeing them places like Saturday Night Live and the Grammys, and they won a Grammy. And I remember thinking, wow, they won an American Grammy for Album of the Year for Babel. That's so strange. But I loved that album, and that album is what made me want to go see them live. And do you remember how I asked you, or did I just say, do you want to go? Our very first concert for Mumford, because we've seen them three times, no judgment. <laughs> I think it was just, hey, do you like Mumford and Sons? Would you want to go? And and I did like them, and I'm always up for a concert. So mm-hmm. it was just a done deal after that. It was. We went to um, Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion Correct. here in a suburb of Houston, and it is a outdoor stadium, not a stadium, but Pavilion. pavilion-ish. But we were on the grass. We were that time. And we were with our friend Susan. And I write about this in the book where everybody is singing their guts out, including us. We got there <laughs> yeah. so early. Do you remember how early we got there? And we ran to get middle spots on the on the lawn. And I remember Susan saying, they're missing it. They're missing it. And what are you talking about? And Because everybody was watching through their phones. And that was so powerful to me, enough that it stuck with me. But I try hard now not to yes, watch concerts me through too, my phone. Because of Susan. What I remember about that concert was how joyful Marcus yes. was that everyone was singing yes. every word of the song. That 14,000 people that were mm-hmm. there 
you know, just had such a great vibe. Like everybody mm-hmm. was just singing together and mm-hmm. it, he was so happy to be there. Yes, I loved that. Yes. And you can tell, I mean, we went and saw their concert last week. They're still happy. They are. Ish. I mean, I'm sure they have their moments, but they appear to be having a ball. I was a little concerned last week because when it started, Marcus looked tired. Mm. And I was concerned that it wasn't going to be the same. And then I realized they've been on this tour since 2018. So they're at the end of the tour. It ends, I think, this month or next month. And so that's a long tour. But, you know, once he got going, that smile came Mm -hmm. on. He ran around the stadium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was really his joy was still there, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. As much as they play, that Mm -hmm. they maintain that just complete joy Mm -hmm. and performance. Energy up, 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 up. We saw them a second time again at the pavilion, but this time we got seats. And that's when you were in charge of buying the (laughs) tickets. tickets. (laughs) Because I, I got lucky to, with them for some do, reason. You do. I had to work or something, and you were in charge of getting on there. Click, click, click. You know, refresh, try, refresh, 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 refresh. And you did it. We got really good tickets. We did. We brought along some other folks with us. That's whenever um, Wildermind had come out. So now we have three different albums that they're singing from. And then last week, we've we've upgraded to the Toyota Center where the Houston Rockets play. And it was full. Not at the beginning, but it ended up being full. Just not that section they block off behind them. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to do the math because I think we saw that that stadium holds Mm 19,000s and Cynthia Woods held Mm 14 at the time we Mm -hmm. went. So I think it was an upgrade. So there's probably 17,000 people in there. Yeah, everybody had a seat except for the people who had to stand up the whole entire time. Those pit people. (laughs) I don't understand the pit people. It's a different breed, the pit people. (laughs) The pit people. Let's talk about that night. Um, One thing that I remember from that night is I was nervous. Their new new album, Delta, I didn't know know it. And it made me feel like a bad Mumford & Sons (laughs) fan. And so we all kind of, you and me and Andrea – and Todd all went together, and 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 Andrea did a really good job of listening. Todd and I, I think, binged a lot, and I think you did too. I binged. We just binged right before. What did you think about this this one that had all four albums together? Do you think it was different from the other two that we had seen? I think they did a good job of mixing the new stuff with the old stuff because you know they want to promote their new stuff, yeah. so you'll go buy it. And they opened with Guiding Light, which mm-hmm. is my favorite song on the new album. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. I thought I really like this new music for the most mm-hmm. part. It's not that much like Sino More, which right. I consider the classic right. Mumford & Sons. But I thought they did a good job of mixing it up and keeping me interested the whole time. Yes, we were talking about with Sino More and, and Babel. Do you say Babel? Yeah, because that's how he says okay, it in the song. Okay, Babel, Babel. Are we British now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to get my teeth unfixed. <laughs> uh, Sign No More and Babel have this, I'm going to say folk. It is It is folk. It is banjo. It is stand-up. It is, yes. it is folk. Wildermind, I read that they purposely removed the banjo because they did not want to be considered just folk so that whole entire album had a harder edge to it 
And then Delta, I feel like, is a mix of all of that. It's There is not anything that is straight up more banjo, but we do have some banjo and we do have some horns. I agree. And they also mix in a little bit of that electronic stuff yeah. that yeah. they had on Wilder Mind, but it's not annoying. Yeah. And there's enough banjo and groove that you're like, oh yeah, that's Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. And so you recognize that it's them. I think they're just trying to grow as artists and not get stuck in a rut, which mm-hmm. all artists do. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think they yeah. succeeded. I do too. What other things did you like about the night? What performances do you remember liking besides Guiding Light? I love when Marcus gets on the drum kit. Oh. I'm a huge fan of him doing the kick drum yes. when he's standing there playing oh. the guitar. But Let's just talk about how attractive that it's is. It's so attractive. <laughs> I believe that at that point, what is he playing on it? Um, is it the cave that he's playing? I, I think so. Oh, and you leaned over to me and you that's smoking hot. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Amy. But Great on Lover of the Light, he gets mm. on the kit, mm-hmm. and he plays the full drum kit and sings. And they had amazing lighting that came up from behind them and above them. And I felt... That song just has a great groove again where you're just having like, I call it the foggy mountain breakdown. (laughs) And it was just awesome. What's that? It's actually an old Steve Martin (laughs) reference. You know, Steve Martin is a banjo player. Yes, I did And he had a song called Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Okay. (laughs) He was also a Jungle Cruise skipper. Mm, World famous. Just like me, Steve and I are the same. (laughs) That means I should go learn the banjo. Um, Lover of the Light was probably one of my favorites too. The other one, we had this discussion on the way back, I Will Wait is one of my top, 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 top songs. Yes. And that was an encore song Yes, that should have been last. And it was second to last. I don't even remember what was last. I can look at my notes, but I don't I want to. I wrote it down. I know I did too. I don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't care. It sh- because I Will Wait should have definitely been last. It should have been last. You know how I love a horn, Amy. <laughs> I love a horn. They've had four horns, and this time they only had two horns. So I wanted a little bit more horn, but it was an anthem. Everybody knew the words. We were singing. There were the lights. Marcus was, everybody was doing their thing. And then we had another song, and it just kind of went purr at the end. So yes. I wish I wish we had ended with I Will Wait, but that was one that I liked, too. I agree. I, I think they just did that last song to continue promoting their new album because mm, mm, you, mm. what I think would have been preferable, and you think they would figure this out after a year and a half of touring, is you want people to be singing when they walk out. Yes. And I think knowing Houstonian people, we would have been singing together oh, walking yeah, out <laughs> down the street. <laughs> they missed that opportunity, but it We're was still great. We're used to doing that at the rodeo every <laughs> springtime. We just sing out of the, the Reliant. Yes. The other thing I remember was he sang Ditmus from Wilder. I always want to call it Wilder things. Wilder <laughs> Mind. 
Not one of my favorite songs, but I do know it's one of the most popular songs from that album, yes. But that's whenever he jumped out into the audience and started running around and then went up into the stadium where he stood on my friend Bobby's row. Oh, my god! And Bobby just takes a picture. Of course he stood on Bobby's row. I mean, he's right there. He could have touched Marcus Mumford. So when we see him running around and doing his thing, so we're kind of watching on the screen, that's when you and I looked at each other, too, and said, Marcus has trimmed up. He's kind (laughs) of lost a little bit of baby fat. I think so. He looks very manly. He does. And at first, I was like, is he just wearing a black shirt? That looks boring. But then on the screen, you could see he had like a little vest on. So he Mm. had two layers, even. Yes, he did. And he looked very trim and handsome. I feel like he always wears a vest. I think that's his signature thing. I do. But you had asked me, or I think you knew he was married, right? Yes. He's married to Carrie Mulligan, who is a um, an actress, and they have two kids. But either you or Andrea said, are any of the other ones married? And I do know the answer to that. I looked it up. Ben has a girlfriend. The piano player has a girlfriend. I think she's some model-type person. Of course. So he's out. <laughs> and then Winston, our banjo friend, is married to Diana Argon, who plays Quinn on Glee. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me? They're married. They are married. Wow. Is that not the strangest thing ever? And then Ted's available. Didn't Ted have a brain tumor? Okay, so that's, yes. That is when, was it our first time or our second time where we had to reschedule because of his brain tumor? Our was tickets it, got canceled. I think it was our first time. I think, I think so. it was our first time. He had, it was, what, a week before the show, maybe days before the show, and he had a brain tumor, and he had an operation in Austin. Didn't get to come to Houston because he had to, you know, recover from brain surgery. Oh <laughs> he obviously survived. He did, and he is. 10 years ago. He is happy and, and just having the greatest of times. Okay, if let's go, um, let's go album by album. If you had to tell somebody to your favorite song from Sino Moore, what would you tell them to download? I think a lot of people know the big hits, so I would probably say Roll Away Your Stone. Mm-hmm. I like the words in it. I like the sound of it. That's probably my favorite on that album. Mm-hmm. Awake My Soul, that's the one y'all were playing that time. That's one of my all-time favorites. I would also say... The Cave and Little Lion Man. Those are two yes. that are that are pretty popular. What about Babel? Babel's Lover of the Lion. Yes, it is. That, I know you love I that love one. I love that song. You have always <laughs> loved it. I have always loved Below My Feet. I feel it's very um, faith-based. It feels very spiritual. Uh, but I Will Wait is also on there, too. And, again, I love the horn so Great song. Much. It's also Hopeless Wanderer. Uh, a great song. So good. So, so good. good. And then there is Wilder Mind. I had trouble with this because I don't love a lot of the songs. I don't either. I have have a hard time coming up with them, but I I do know I like the song Believe. Yes. It's repetitive, and so I remember (laughs) it. And that's the only one I could really say on that one. Did they play Believe? I think they did. They did. And they played, what's that other one that you said you could have put? 
plucked out. What they was? played Tompkins Square Park, yeah. which I am always like, what song is this? When yep. they start playing it, it's just not memorable to me. And I kind of wish they would have not played that and played Roll Away Your Stone oh. from yeah. No More <laughs> instead. But I don't think they played very many from Wildermind. I think they're, it's kind of like the time Garth Brooks came to town and he knew that we didn't want to listen to his new stuff. We just yes. wanted to listen <laughs> to the old things. So I think they're kind of reading the room a little bit and they're they know that they don't they know that if they don't play a lot from the first two we might have a little bit of they don't get as good of a response Mm -mm. if they don't yeah what about the delta album the new one that came out in 2018 i really like guiding light a lot it has a few songs that i like guiding Mm -hmm. light's got to be my favorite Mm -hmm. mine is forever which is a love song and i am always a fan of the love song but if again I had to tell you to go download an entire album it would be the road to red rocks now you're not going to get anything from wilder mind or delta on there but it is just a love I love a live album how do you feel about live albums I think if they don't go too far away from the original I like it because I want to be able to sing along and and know the song Mm -hmm. but there are some things that Mumford does on Little Lion Man specifically, when they really slow it down, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. your fault, no, but this. mine. I'm like, oh, I love that so much so because you good. only get that live. Yeah, You don't get that on the record. The other thing we get live, too, is when they stand around the one microphone yes. and they ask everyone to be quiet. <laughs> Which never works. It never works, but it's it sort of did whenever, because they laugh about it, but they also are, you know, we're serious about this. We're serious about this. <laughs> shush, shush. Because they all gather around one microphone and they just sing. That's their little tradition, too. What did they sing when we were in the woodlands? Um, I'm, I'm on, on fire. fire. Oh my God, that Bruce was Springsteen. Oh, so good. And then you just hear the whole entire audience. It was amazing coming up with you just singing it. That was so. so it was good. so quiet and peaceful in that moment with fourteen thousand people singing that yes. song. That was a transcendent moment. Yes. And they sang Awake My Soul. Also transcendent. Oh, my God. I mean, I closed was, my eyes. Oh. I was like, oh, the song. <laughs> so good. That that's a catch twenty two for me though because it was so acoustic and it was him and his guitar and the four guys together and we're wake my soul, but awake my soul is hyper and fast and it crescendos and I just slightly missed that. If they had given me below my feet and I will wait, I would have felt a lot better. But I felt my two hurrah songs. What one of them they they toned down, but it was lovely. I recorded the whole thing. You did. Oh yeah. I think they did that because the harmonies in mm. "Awake My Soul" are so perfect and beautiful, and mm. you want to do that a cappella mm. because you're focusing on the voices and not 
all the drums or background sounds. I think that's why they choose that one for that. Is Ted the bass? The, uh, okay, I, 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 that's whenever I could tell because I heard way low whenever he Oh, the bass in. singer? I think he is. I think he is too. I think he is. But they all sing. Every single one of them yes. sings. And they're good. They are. I think so too. Let's pretend these people are single. If you had to marry between Marcus Mumford and Chris Hemsworth, who would you pick? Oh! <laughs> Gosh, that's a tough one. I think I have to go on the faith thing. I know that Marcus Mumford's family started the vineyard in London. So I got to go with Marcus Mumford. Okay, that's good. Me too. Over Chris Pine. <laughs> Keep the earth. Below my feet For all my sweat My blood runs weak Let me learn From where I have been Keep my eyes to serve Hey, thank you all for listening. I have one quick thing I'd like to ask you to do. Head over to my website, IHateGreenBeans.com, and sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be conducting a survey next week to try and tweak a few things with the website, with the podcast, the books, the blog, speaking. I just want to hear and know your thoughts and opinions on what it is I'm doing because I'm kind of floating around right now. And I would love some direction, and I would love for y'all to give it to me. If you're one who's still listening right now, you're who I need to hear from. And if you haven't already, zip over there and leave me your name and email and look for something from me next week. I would really appreciate that. And if you're in a giving mood, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you head over there and left us your thoughts, preferably with a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. And do it for all your podcast friends. It's really, really important. Thank you so much, and make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lincey, that's L-I-N-C-E-E, very weird, on Twitter, and Lindsay Ray, L-I-N-C-E-E-R-A-Y, on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my books. I have two of them, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Again, head over to the website, IHateGreenBeans.com. Sign up for the newsletter. There's a little button up there. You just type in your name and type in your email, and you'll get something from me every once in a while. I promise. We'd love to hear from you. Until we're together again, love you, mean it. Texas forever.
Cheers, thank you very much.